what's inside a spaceship is actually a really interesting conversation. If we look at uh, science fiction television, um, it's a way that it might be similar to that in the future. And a lot of worlds might, in time, build spaceships like that. If no one else builds superior technology, they'll probably try to build things like that with, like, space stations and uh, ships that require a crew of 100 to operate. Engines that require a staff of 30 with continents, um, continual maintenance, not continents, but continual maintenance. And when we say continent, we're talking about containing. Uh, someone who's incontinent is someone who doesn't contain themselves. So someone that has a loud mouth is someone that can't like do first contact if they can't contain themselves. So we need people that are continent people. And if they work on a spaceship, if they're incontinent with their mouth, they can't contain themselves, then they insult everyone around them, and they, they can't really be on one of my ships. But I want ships that are easy to operate, simple. So what do we really need on a spaceship? I like spaceships that can be operated by one operator. One person can do the weapons if you have weapons. One person can do communications and some other stuff. And, uh, you know, fourth person is kind of free to do other things, but they can do other stuff too. So one, one man might make it go. So you might say like the pilot of the spaceship. So you have controls for that and you have a, an engine or a motor or a drive or something that makes it go. I'm calling it a spaceship drive right now because it, it goes. But um, a car, you drive it, it goes forwards and backwards and it turns left and right. A spaceship can do a lot of maneuvers that an airplane can't really do in the same way. So you might call it flying a spaceship. Then you might call it the flight engine. But it's not really an engine. Um, engines inside of cars are not the same as what I plan to build. So you get, you, I'm going to call it go or drive. You need oxygen. Now typically for anyone who travels in space, they're going to try to get oxygen, put it in compressed cylinders, and then release it into the spaceship under pressure with oxygen pressure inside of the spaceship so that um, they never lose the oxygen that they have and they can continue to uh, they can continue to um, breathe but the problem is I don't like compression that much so the last spaceships I built I built it so um, it's going to sound weird the, all the oxygen they needed was always provided continually. Now, I don't really understand how this works, to be honest. I just know I built it, so it did this. God designed it, actually. God designed it. He actually provided some of the parts. You're not going to believe it, but he actually made some of the components for the internals of the spaceship. So in time, I might learn more how that works. But I, I could rebuild it. See, the components I built are the um, power source and the drive that makes it go. It's an incredibly fast spaceship that can go across the galaxy in two to four days, and it can go faster if it needs to was something I call pop. Um, to go from one other world to the earth might take about a day, but with pop, it might take less than an hour. Because sometimes in a spaceship, you need to go faster. The spaceships I want to build in the earth, though, might not be exactly like that, because I don't want that high technology in the earth, because you're not peaceful. The last men that I gave the spaceships to, they've done things with them I don't like and they made me very angry so what do we need in a spaceship we need oxygen to breathe and so if you have a really complicated oxygen control system you have problems with pressure oxygen amounts and so what you really need to do is buy a carbon dioxide detector from Walmart 
and then monitor it continually. So then you do need someone that's like an engineer on the spaceship, making sure that everything works good and you have enough air left for everyone. But if you have it all going in under pressure, then you have to have it go out someplace also. And the problem you start to have is you start to have a lot of carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide build up. And then you have, you're trying to build filter systems and stuff. And then you start to build a ship that's like a Star Trek ship. And I don't really like that that much because you don't want to start off-gassing oxygen and carbon dioxide into space. Space is empty. And if you start putting things in space, you, you're putting things that don't belong there. You'll need some sort of communications technology if you really want to be successful at space travel, but if your whole plan is just to go someplace and come back, you don't need it if your spaceship never breaks down. A distress call might not be recognized by most men or women that have a spaceship unless their spaceship is designed to detect it. And there's nothing ubiquitous about a distress call. SOS and other things might not be as ubiquitous throughout the galaxy until people learn it. So it's kind of something that needs to be learned. What you'd also have on long journeys is a toilet. Now the last spaceships I built, this is gonna sound odd, you don't need food, water, sleep, and you don't need to go to the bathroom when you're on the spaceship traveling for the you know two or three or four days or a day. You don't need those things. But on the spaceships I plan to build, they'll probably have toilets. I'm not gonna build the high technology like I built before. It's a huge mistake to build high technology because people use it irresponsibly. If they don't learn about peace, love, compassion, loving kindness, virtues, such as being clean, responsible, instead of reckless, then they end up just damaging and destroying the spaceships. And also, if they don't have a real love and passion for people, then they might not go and visit those people. They might not care about them. And decades later, the men that had the spaceships that I built, they haven't visited anyone. They didn't act like men. So I'm gonna ask them right now this question. Men, why didn't you act like men? They don't have an answer. They rejected peace and peacefulness. Or you might say they rejected peace, they rejected peacefulness or something like that. So you're going to need a communication system to talk to people if you want to talk to people from other worlds. And you're going to need a way to um, carry stuff. One of the reasons I want to build spaceships, you know, is for families. So we'd have extra clothes, food, things like that, water, air, you know, oxygen to breathe, you might say. But we might also have a bunch of other stuff. So here's some other stuff I'd like. Uh, here's one thing I, I want you to think about. If you have oxygen systems on a spaceship, then what might happen is you have a compressed cylinder filled with explosive or flammable fuel that can burn. So you have a spaceship that can, if there's a spark on the inside, can light the whole spaceship on fire. So a lot of the ideas men come up with in the Earth are really bad ideas. They're just putting everyone at risk of death. So if you just get air from the Earth and then go to another world and get more air and keep doing that, you can go pretty far, actually, um, getting air like that. If you put it in tanks that are compressed, that would, I guess, work. But if you use oxygen, this O2, pure oxygen, then you have an explosive, flammable fuel source. And if there's one spark, you might light the whole, all the air on fire inside the ship. Everyone might die of suffocation and burning. So the current way of building rockets is flawed, severely. 
They're filled with explosives, oxygen, and the fuel for the rocket. So the spaceships I want to build won't have any fuel because they'll have drive systems that, um, that's what I'm calling them now, the drive system, that are like a perpetual energy machine, you might say. Like, it just goes. There's no energy source. There's no moving parts, hopefully. I'm trying to make it so there's no moving parts, so there's no maintenance required. And um, there's no fuel source, so it just goes. No one has to think about how it works, or, and probably none of you will understand it for a long time, because you, unless you're interested in learning. And then you'll need a few other things. If you have a toilet, then you have a septic tank, and then you have a big problem because you have something inside the ship sloshing around. And this is going to sound weird, but if you build what they call on Star Trek inertial dampeners, that, that means you can accelerate without G-forces. But then you got a problem when you have the um, inertial dampeners. You're using inertial dampeners to stop poop water and pee water from sloshing in a big tank. If you don't do this correctly, the poop and pee water, if you're traveling 200,000 times faster than the speed of light and accelerating at um, 100,000 Gs or 100 Gs or something, let's just say 50 Gs. If you're accelerating at high speeds, then the poop might breach the hull of the spaceship. So putting things like that in a spaceship are actually a huge liability and a big risk to your safety. So everything you put inside of a spaceship is a liability and a risk to your safety. If it breaks free and starts flopping around the spaceship, instead of having controls, if you have a beer bottle rolling around under your feet or a bolt, you might be crawling around on your hands and knees trying to put the bolt back in while the spaceship is going and you don't see where direction it's going in and you might collide with a rock that's dark that looks black because there's no su you know sunlight on it and then you might die because you stepped on a beer bottle or a bolt rolled out so everything needs to be attached well and so the less you have on a spaceship the better now you can put in things like food and what you'd really need is a, um, to hold it in your hands in a spaceship you can really successfully hold things in your hands and maybe even have a trash can you don't want it to tumble around but as soon as you start bolting things down in a spaceship, you develop strange problems. If you're traveling down a road, things bump up and down and they wobble, but you might notice they shake. A drink in your cup holder might shake. A cup might shake back and forth. So that's 60, 70 miles an hour. But if you're traveling in a spaceship at 200,000 times the speed of light, things start to wobble and vibrate sometimes. Some things inside the ship might start to wobble. <laughs> and that means everything that's um, not in your hand might start to wobble. So it needs to be fastened securely. And I like things to be assembled perfectly. And then you have maybe none of those problems. Perfect assembly might result in none of the problems. So what else do you need in the spaceship? nothing but in the future spaceships might have large cargo areas so I'm, I'm planning in the future to build spaceships that are built like a small city so they have everything that you want toilets septic tanks air plenty of air to breathe places to sit beds to sleep in just like a city in a lot of ways but like one big city and um
The problem with a big city is it might break apart at high speeds during acceleration when the torque on the um, rear of the drive, you might say the engine, or the, let's say the torque on the rear of the engine might press a part of the ship forward faster than the other part of the ship. In part due to the size and the um, shape of the city. If it's a big square, it might be torn in half if the right side of the ship accelerates faster than the left side of the ship. So these are like engineering problems, but it's safe when we accelerate slowly and when we turn the ship to compensate for those errors or when there's a whole bunch of engines and when the city's built in integrated components. So this is going to sound odd, but the ship, the, um, excuse me, the, uh, the city built in the show Stargate Atlantis is the only science fiction example of a flying city that I think is an excellent design based on what I just said. It's got eight hubs attached by what look like long roadways. And when you put an engine or I'd say a drive at the center of the city, it goes perfectly. So what you end up with, with a city that's a big square or a big, let's try a board cube. I'll do a simulation real quick. A big cube or a big flat city shaped like a square would begin to tear because of shear forces, not from something that it encounters like resistance, like water or air, but because of acceleration differences. If you had an engine that went forward and drug the, the spaceship, so if you have an engine that goes forward like um, that, that goes forward and then you bolt it to the spaceship, then it's going to start tearing apart the spaceship when you need a bunch of I-beams ho holding it together. If you have a, a drive that brings the whole spaceship with the drive, then you still might have, because of the size and shape of the ship, um, parts of the city accelerating at different speeds and they might tear apart during acceleration. <coughs> and so the city design makes a lot of sense. And then if you have a city that's shaped like an octagon, a tall, tall towers in the center might actually be really um, appropriate and might actually go really well and not have any of that um, change in um, uh, acceleration. So that might be a, a really exceptional way to build a city. The shape like the city in the Stargate Atlantis TV series. Moving things like a space station would be a real problem because of the lack of symmetry. But I might say a lack of asymmetry because The um, lack of symmetry would result in an inappropriate production of shear forces, which would result in an inadequate torque differenti differentiation, differential different um, 
speed acceleration control system stop, which would be my way of saying that the ship would start to tear apart in random directions when you're going forward fast. Or the space station would start to do that. So you have a lot of difficulty during rapid acceleration. So what you'd have to do inside of a space station is move things around so the majority of the weight is at the center. And then you'd have, because of, the, because of the weight being near the center, it would be nearer to the drive system. It would result in an improved performance. The, the space station, if it's like a long tunnel or a long tube, even if it's enormous, like five miles long, it would result in dramatically improved performance with the system or you would need a much bigger drive they would almost be as big as this, it, the space station. The whole center of the space station, if it was a five mile long space station, would be approximately nearly 4,000 feet in diameter uh, for housing the drive. And you might not even be able to walk through it. There'd be like a long walking platform, like a walking trail in a circle around it, and that's it. There, you wouldn't be able to go from the, the back of the space station to the front. You'd be like stuck on either side with no way to get through. The engine would have to be the drive would have to be really big, I think, with my current drive that I want to build. So what would happen if you had all this stuff in there? Like, let's say you wanted to haul cargo to another world. So you want, let's say you want normal life stuff, washing machines, clothes washers, clothes dryers, uh, appliances like microwaves, televisions, and uh, sewing machines if you wanted to sew clothes or repair clothes while you're going. If you're in a space station, if you've closed here, you want to repair them. And if you bring fabric you can make clothes you or you can bring a big store out something but you might want to have a sewing machine so you can do a quick repair so your clothes last longer because it's really hard to go to another world from a space station sometimes and get clothes especially if you don't have a lot of money if you're not working so a space station life might be more of a casual life where there's a little bit less financial income work unless you're producing something like building things and then you're paying people to bring it there it's more like a trade center but anyway if you bring in stuff like that in and out and you try to move the space station what would happen is because the, you see how to think about how to say this. This is just me having a casual conversation about it. So I'm just kind of bored right now. I'm trying to think of a way to say it where it wouldn't take a thousand sentences. Might be interesting to hear some of them. Sentence 234 would be pretty interesting. The weight shift cargo problem would be that the transfer of go would be slightly, um, this is a really close approximation, slightly um, different. So the bottom of a washing machine might start to go forward faster than the top. So it might start to rock and tilt. So the way you'd probably solve that would be to strap it down or bolt it down. So if you bolted it down, 
then um, that's one. If you actually strapping it down might be worse because that might create slop in the um, outer hull of the ship. And then different parts of the hull will start traveling forward and back. It might try to stretch the metal. And there might be vibration slop, which would result in actually... So if you're in the middle of the back half of the space station, like a long tube, and you put a bunch of stuff there, washing machines and clothes dryers and heavy things, then that stuff would start to have, what I said, weight shift slop. And then the back of the ship, ship or the back of the space station, like near the very back, is where the the space station might would might it might try to tear apart because of the um wobble time differential space problem where different parts of the ship are accelerating at different speeds over time, so you're not doing time travel or anything, they're just traveling at different speeds. So it'd be like if you had a long piece of metal in your hand and you tried to move the middle half forward without moving the, f the front or the back forward. And if you did it at high speeds, it might create a wobble and then the back part of the ship might start to tear apart, not where the weight is. If you bolted it down, what would happen is the ship would start to, um, buckle you might say i'd say collapse on the inside but the collapsing would be seen on the outer hall possibly so placing the weight near the, the the go the drive would fix a lot of the wobble problems so be smart to put weight where you want it and it'd be cool to take things you need not things you like so if we ever develop a cargo ship, what I've been trying to figure out is our actually a really funny problem. Uh, how could we tow cargo in space with like a space semi truck, like a Walmart truck or an Amazon truck that's real big and has a bunch of boxes in it? <coughs> During rapid acceleration, the um, And deceleration, it's fine like 99% of the time, but if you use rockets to get there, the, which are not fast enough, not nearly fast enough, they're not fast enough, but if you try to use rockets, the back of the, or your cargo, the back of the ship or whatever would wag back and forth like a dog's tail. And during deceleration, it would actually turn the front of the ship in different directions. You wouldn't be able to stop or slow down the ship. You'd have to slow down backwards and be a horrible maneuver, take forever. Um, with Star Trek type technology, like a um, Enterprise type ship, the um, what happened if you left uh, another dimension of space? You might call it like a a dimension space fold or a dimension is you would um, the cargo would still be traveling forward when the engine went off on the spaceship 
and it would try to break the hitch because the cargo would still be going forward and it would probably go to the left or the right. Depending on where um, your proc, anyway, depending on physics. So, I'm trying to figure out how to haul cargo through space to bring things to other worlds. And so, this would be stuff like, or to bring stuff back, like a bed like a quick build house, like a, a space station outpost. Like think about a um, Connex cargo container where, um, but better. So it's like a house that opens and you can just live in it. It's a ready built house, but I wouldn't want that. I'd want to actually build a house out of wood. So I'd bring like furniture basically. So I wouldn't, I'd use, I wouldn't bring a ready built house. I don't like that idea of outposts, but it is cool to bring them and then, um, if, if you don't want to live in that world anymore, you can leave. That's a cool idea. But the reason I don't like that is, see, if, if you build something like that, like a resort vacation house, if you don't want to like leave it where you are, then you probably don't like the house. And so a house you'd like to stay in is a wood house with furniture. So you might bring everything required to build the wood house. Now, one of the problems is this. The spaceships I plan to build, they have perpetual motion energy machines. That's what you'll call it in the Earth. It's not what I'll call it, but I do. I might, actually. It's a really cool name. So, basically, there's no fuel required, and they can produce energy. And I'm trying to figure out how, how I want to do this, because as soon as I have that energy source, the whole world will want it. And who will want it the most? The military and governments. Then they'll want to sell you energy for pure profit. They want the profit, because they want to do nothing and get paid. But I don't want to give it to anyone. See, in the world, you live in the earth the way you've chosen. Now, I don't want to admonish you, but you live in the earth the way you've chosen. You want to have electricity and nuclear power plants and coal plants and uh, gas generators and lights on all night long, city lights. It's the way you've chosen. And so if you have these infinite electricity machines, you would just power everything. You turn the, the world into a light bulb of stupidity. You'd fill it with garbage and you'd expect everything for free. I don't want to give it to the world, but it might be used to go to space. So I'd have to have full control and make sure nobody steals the technology. Everyone would want it. I'd have one of the most valuable things in the whole galaxy, knowledge and power. And what would I do with it? Have pizza parties in space for teenagers and birthday parties for kids and space tourism for kids and for poor people and an intergalactic empire of peace where people talk about family and joy and happiness and beer and wine and bread and corn and God and space tourism where they see his magnificent creation hopefully without war 
So I want to be able to take stuff to those worlds. I and mean, I don't want to leave trash there that nobody wants or something that needs to be removed later. It's embarrassing. So when I bring things like a pre-made bed and bedding. I'm trying to figure out how to do a cargo haul, but the problem is the hitch. When a ship is uneven in its symmetry, you start to have problems with um, wobble at incredibly high speeds, like 50,000 times the speed of light. You have a lot of wobble. It's a real problem at different speeds. And so what happens is if you start to build the hull out of many pieces of metal, it might start to just tear apart if you don't build it well. But if you have a single piece of metal hull that's um, fabricated in the shape of the hull instantly, and it's a single piece of metal that's thick and strong, which nobody in the whole galaxy knows how to do, then um, So that might be um, something to consider for myself in the future. So this is just kind of a random blog where I'm kind of um, speculating about spaceship design because nobody's ever done this. And I want to do it first because I want to establish that peace can be established in the galaxy in one or two decades with intergalactic communication and intergalactic diplomacy and uh, interesting technology and happiness and joy for families for humanity with loving kindness and love and compassion and mercy and grace or whatever you want let's skip the mercy for now mercy on a spaceship might be like if you um go really far and see someone from another spaceship they might get on your spaceship or um think to and you might talk to them peacefully even if you don't know who they are and not threaten them that might be like an example of mercy according to right, my righteousness. Talking to them peacefully and not threatening them, even though you don't know who they are. Now, with space dock systems, those are actually really easy and simple to build. They don't need a lot of high technology. You just want something that you can walk through with no air leaks. And that's extremely easy to make. I mean, that is really, really easy to make. But the problem is people are irresponsible with technology. See, in the Earth, we want things to be tough and bulletproof, which is extremely cool. But you could just use a, a, you know, an HVAC aluminum paper air sock if you wanted to, if it was fully air sealed. And you just seal both ends and you could walk through it on a platform. But somebody might walk through and, with a pencil and just accidentally poke a hole in space. People are just irresponsible. And you might say clumsy, but in space, you need to be responsible. So if you're clumsy, you put your hands in your pockets. In space, you need to be responsible. So if you're clumsy, you put your hands in your pockets. So building these big, high durability space items then becomes incredibly expensive and the space becomes unaffordable. And then you start looking at ways to get your money back. 
my current estimation of the um, cost to build a spaceship in my current design is $1,100 per spaceship plus labor and maybe a few internals like air tanks which I haven't included yet and the other things that are optional like if you wanted to put an mp3 player like a phone and bluetooth or something and you know like a portable charging system or whatever so if I start adding a lot of stuff, the cost might go up to like $5,000. But I'm looking to build spaceships that are like a $5,000 spaceship. So what do you need inside of a spaceship depends entirely on your vision. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to see? Who do you love and who loves you? What do you want to do when you get there? How long do you want to stay? What would you say? And who would you bring? Then you start thinking about the stuff you might bring to another world. And in my experience, the less you bring with you, the better. We don't bring our baggage from our life. We think of humanity, freedom and peace. God.